0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the IDB IP Group Innovators Q&A, your daily live cast with Amir and Victoria, bringing you guys answers to common intellectual property questions related to patents, trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets. You guys have questions. We'll give you guys the best answers that we can, trying to bring you guys clarity and understanding in, in the realm of intellectual property that is extensive and dense. So hopefully you guys find this content super helpful we've been doing a whole series of awesome shows on how you guys can go about filing your very own trademark applications related to your mobile apps and we're trying to cover just every about just about every variation just to make sure that you guys can can at least find one video that applies to your specific situation so i hope that these give you confidence in trying to file it either on your own or or if you see and retain counsel, which which I highly recommend. Um, but if you do that, it'll also make you smarter in terms of being able to work with them and provide them with what they need. So um, this is a Q and A show. So we like to start off with first Victoria going over what the question of the day was yesterday. Before that though, before that, I just wanna remind everybody, if you guys have questions about intellectual property, please send them to Victoria Email them to her at victoria at dbip.com. It's just victoria at adbip.com. And we also have a community number. We'd love to have you be part of our community number. Just shoot us a text at 415 943 5193. 415 943 5193. You'll get direct access to me and I will happily reply to your texts. And hopefully, even if you have questions, I'll try to get them answered on the show. So, this is a Q&A show, why don't we start off? This is episode 71. Why don't we have Victoria tell us real quick what we did yesterday on episode 70. Sure, so yesterday we did, how do I file a TS Plus trademark application on a mobile applications logo after I release it? So one of the key distinctions in trademarks is, is actual use applications and intent to use applications. So we did a whole series of episodes for how you can go about protecting your mobile app name and logo prior to release so those were intent to use applications uh, now we're covering how you can do it for actual use applications in other words after you release your mobile application how do you go about protecting the name or the the logo slash icon so if you guys are mobile app developers this these are the videos for you check them out um again we're, we're showing you guys step by step how you go about doing every single piece of this so hopefully you guys find this super helpful. Um, so as Victoria said, we did the TS Plus in the last episode. Remember the TS Plus gives you the opportunity to save fifty bucks so instead of paying two seventy five for an actual use application. You can pay two twenty five and do the TS Plus application. However, however, the TS Plus limits you in terms of the can in terms of the can goods and descript, goods and services that you have to use. So the TS Standard um, you don't have to. So Victoria, what is, uh, I kind of, I, I kind of led into it, but what is uh, today's question of the day? Today's question is, how do I file a TS standard trademark application on a mobile application after I release it? All right, so this is after release. Let's go through the step-by-step process about how you guys can go about protecting the name of your mobile application after release. And we'll, we're gonna show you guys how to do with the TS standard application. Again, the TS standard application gives you full latitude in the description of goods and services. So. It's, it's, I personally think, I think it's worth paying the extra 50 bucks. Um, but again, 50 bucks is is a lot of money. So if you don't want to pay the extra 50 bucks, just watch one of the prior videos that we did. So again, we're going to do it from the perspective of an individual. So if you're an individual mobile app developer, this is the video for you. So I'm going to first go ahead and show you guys where you start off. So the first thing you start going off, start with doing is going to tsdr.uspto.gov. Now, if for some reason you guys forgot, all you need to do is just Google USPTO trademark application and it'll come up now let me start off first of all by showing you guys um, what we are going to file on uh, let me so we have what we call it the, the wheelbound application this in this hypothetical the wheelbound application uh, let me show you the specimen oh, I'm just gonna share it with you guys here on this screen here. Um, so again, it's a mobile application and it's for video editing, uh, on mobile. And again, we're going to protect the word in this. In this episode, I'm going to show you guys how to protect the word Wheelbound. Uh, tomorrow we'll, we'll do the logo. And again, we're doing the TS standards. We're paying $50 more now. I also have a a crisp, um, actually. Yeah. Okay. So let's get started with the word mark. Again, you're going to go to tsdr.uspto.gov. If you forgot that, just Google trademark file. Uh, USPTO trademark application, it'll be be the first hit. So you're going to click on File Online. TS is the the name of the system that the Trademark Office uses to file these applications. You're going to click Initial Application Forms, and then you're going to click on Start Your Application in TS. Now, one thing I want to point out, I already logged into my USPTO.gov account, which is why it's taking me directly to this page. If I had not yet logged in, it would have prompted me to log in. So it would have presented me with a login page, to log into my uspto.gov account. If you do not have a uspto.gov account, they're really quick and easy to make. So I would go ahead and um, maybe at some point, we'll do a video on how you can make the uspto.gov account, but I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It's like creating any other account. It's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Um, so um, once you create your account though, however, you're going to be taken to this page. Um, after you log in, of course, you're going to be taken to this page. And if you scroll down, you're going to see there's a, an option to start the application process. So, again, we're going to do the TS standard, um, not the plus. We'll do the standard. Um, it's interesting. Um, yeah, okay, so the, two, the TS standard is 275 per class. So mobile applications you generally file are class 9. Class 9 covers downloadable software applications. So because the mobile app is downloaded onto the phone, the TS standard is, more, is the most appropriate. Um, I'm sorry, the, the class 9 is the most appropriate for it. Um, I'm going to do it again from the perspective of an individual. So I'm going to say no, an attorney is not filing this application. And then I'm going to click continue. Um, Now, once I continue here, I'm going to input the owner of the mark. So again, I'm going to do it from the perspective of me as an individual. So I'm going to go and put my last name followed by my first name, uh, followed by a comma, then my first name, followed by my middle initial. And when I select individual entity type, it's going to ask me for my citizenship. So I'm going to go ahead and input that now. I'm super zoomed in, guys, just because I want to make sure you guys can see. Um, so there it is, United States. Uh, I just want to make sure you guys can see uh, what it is that I'm doing, because uh, it makes makes it easier for readability. So now we're going to put in our mailing address. So I'm going to scroll over, and again, uh, going to go ahead and use my a co-working space for this, and then put my the mailing address or zip code now. Quick thing I wanted to say on the domicile address. This is very important. Um, theoretically, you cannot you cannot have a peel box as the address. You need to have an actual physical address. And so if you have a, a P.O. box, but, but you don't want to disclose your home address, what you can do is, is you can put your home address in this section here and you'd uncheck this box and put it here. Now, what the trademark office reminds you of is right here stated clearly that this this is the one section that is not going to be publicly viewable on the USPTO database. So if you're a public figure, if you have uh, hundreds of thousands to millions of, of followers, you may not want your public address to be available to anybody searching on the trademark site. So again, one strategy is to is to uncheck this box and input your home address here. Um, all right. So again, phone number and fax number. Again, these are optional. I generally prefer not to put them in just to keep more of my private information out of the public record. Now, email is required. This is very important. They need the email because that's where they're going to send all the correspondence. So Whenever there's an office action, if an examiner needs to reach out to you or get in contact with you, having the email address is key because that's how they're going to communicate with you. Now, uh, again, if you have a website address and you want to put it, put it in here, show it off, that's fine. You can input it. go ahead and click continue we're gonna get a warning because we didn't input our phone number so there's a system warning us hey your phone number has not been entered examiner might want to contact you but remember they have your email so they'll be able to reach out to you and contact you if they have questions so once you click continue this is the part where you actually enter the mark so we're going to do a word mark today so this is going to be the mobile the name of our mobile application but remember um, tomorrow i'll show you guys how to do it for your logo you guys have a cool logo that you guys use on the icon and for your marketing you can you can uh, also trademark the the logo by itself. I'm going to go ahead and enter in um, the, lo- the the mark, which is in this case is wheelbound. Again, I think I showed you guys here. Um, I'm going to. It doesn't actually matter if you do a lowercase, title case, all lowercase. It doesn't matter because if in the application you're going to see we expressly, oh, whoops, we expressly uh, do not claim any of those features, font size, style, any of that. None of that's claimed as a feature of the mark. So you're OK if it's all caps. Now, the one thing, though, is you want to make sure that you actually get, get the this, this spelling correctly. Very important. No refunds. So if you misspell it, if it should have been wheel bounds or if I add a space here, but then there's no space in the actual mark, that can all be a problem. So make sure that you get the spelling correct. So it's wheel bound one word. OK, now we're going to go ahead and click continue. And when we scroll down, this is the part where we actually get to enter the goods and services. Now, this is the part that really is different from the TS standard because the TS from the TS Plus. Sorry, this is the TS standard. So, in the TS standard, we actually get to type in the entire description as we want it typed in. So, that's pretty cool. That's what the extra fifty bucks gets you. So, I'm going to go ahead and click Enter Freeform Text. Now, one of the things with entering freeform text is that you also have to know. You're going to click Add Goods Goods slash Services. But in order to, to do the free form, you really have to know what class of goods you're going to be in. So uh, we know just from experience uh, that it's class nine. Again, if you guys are unsure and if you're at this stage and you're unsure about the class, you can always go to uh, the trademark ID manual, which I don't believe I have quick banner on. But if you just if you just Google trademark ID manual, you'll be able to find it. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. So... I'm going to go class nine. I'm going to type in mobile applications. How about mobile applications downloadable onto mobile devices that provide video and content, video content editing tools. So again, entirely made up. I get to put in any word I want. Of course, uh, words that are related to my goods and services, and that are covered by my specimen. So uh, I haven't explained what a, what a specimen is, but I will shortly. But again, it's got to be, it's got to describe what your actual goods and services are actually uh, providing. So in this case, it's video editing at mobile applications. So, all right, once I input the description, I need to now select a filing basis. Now, I've sort of explained this before. There's generally two types of filing bases. There's intent to use and actual use. Actual use is Section 1A, intent to use is Section 1B. The earlier episodes that we did were on Section 1B filings. Um, These sets of episodes are on Section 1A filings. Now, Section 1A filings mean that you already have your good or service out there in the marketplace. It's already available to consumers to download or to purchase if it's if, if it's a app that you have to buy. So um, in order to submit a 1A filing, an actual use filing, you have to submit what's called a specimen. A specimen is just a fancy way for saying you need to submit proof that you're actually using the mark in commerce in connection with the goods and services that you identify in the application. So in this case, we have to submit, for example, a screenshot showing that a web page that allows consumers to download the mobile application that's related to uh, video editing, and on that page it has to show our actual logo. So in this case, or, sorry, or wordmark. So in this case, our wordmark is Wheelbound. So um, as I'm going to show you guys, that's exactly what our specimen shows. Now again, it's a hypothetical, made-up specimen, but generally, um, I believe that most of you that have your mobile application on the Google Play Store or the app or the Apple App Store are going to have a similar situation where you have a screenshot of the application, a description of it, your the name of the app or the word mark as we're calling it, and also a, way to, a means to download it. So um, screenshots of those pages should also work just fine. Now, I'm going to go ahead and click Section 1A as I explained. Um, let me bring the stream back again. We're going to do a Section 1A application, so I'm going to click Section 1A, and then it's going to ask me to provide the specimen. A description of the specimen and then two very, very important dates. But before we get to that, let's first attach the specimen. Again, JPEG PDF. I'm I'll, generally I like to upload PDFs, but JPEGs are also acceptable. So I'm gonna go ahead and select the specimen. So again, I prepared the specimen beforehand. I already showed it to you guys. This is the specimen here. Again, you prominently displays the name the name. Again, we have the TM here because we haven't yet registered it in this hypothetical. We are in the process of registering it, but we're holding ourselves out to the world as having this word mark wheelbound that we're using for our mobile application. So again, very, very important. This is the download button. There has to be a means of the consumer actually downloading the mobile application. Otherwise, the examiner is going to refuse your specimen. So when we go back, when we click attach, it's going to actually attach it to the form. Now, you know it's been attached because you actually see it right here. File uploaded, right? And You see the name of the file and if you click this link, it'll actually pop out a window that actually shows you the specimen that it downloaded. Um, well, Actually, if I click it here, you can actually see it. So that's what I did. So I clicked the link and this is where it took me to. So as you can see, this is how it's actually going to look on the trademark application side. So I'm in. Click return to form, it's going to take me back to the application. Now you have to provide a description of the specimen. So I'm going to go ahead and explain. It's a screenshot. Now, uh, one quick thing I want to remind you guys of. If your specimen is a web page, the trademark office requires you to include two very important points. I'm going to uh, just make sure I clarify this again. So if your specimen is a web page, then you need to provide Two very important things. Otherwise, your specimen, uh, your web page specimen, will be refused. You you need to provide the date that you access the web page, and two, the URL of the web page. Two very important things. This is a new requirement. They imposed it starting in February of 2020, but they're they're applying it across the board. So if you submit a specimen and your description does not indicate the URL and the date that you access the URL, you are going to get your specimen refused. Now. There's obviously remedies. You will be able to upload a new specimen later, but it's it's a hassle. It's just better if you do it right this stage, in my in my opinion. So let me go back. I'm going to add bring you back to the stream. So again, I'm going to... Now, again, this is a hypothetical. Um, obviously, you need to input the actual URL for your particular case, but I'm just going to show you guys. So it's a screenshot of a web page, and then I, I like to word it like this, just put the URL right in. So I'm going to go ahead and, and just call it a... Uh, let's say standard type.co and then actually I should make it look more like a web page. So I'll do HTTP and then wheelbound accessed on and then the date that I accessed it. So let's just hypothetically say I accessed it today October 7, 2020 um, showing use of the mark in connection with the identified goods, mobile application related um, providing video editing tools. Identified goods, how um, about with, in connection with, how about? Use of the mark, um, identified goods and a download next to a download button allowing, yeah there we go, download button, that should do it. So very clearly we're saying like look Examiner, there's a download button, look we have uh, the goods are a mobile application that provide video editing tools. and. It shows our mark. So all the key, all the key ingredients of a good specimen showing the goods, the mark fix of the goods, and then a means or something at the point of where the consumer is making the decision to download or buy the good or service. All right. So once we have our description, we now have to provide two very important dates. The first date is the first use of the mark anywhere. So this would be the date that let's say we bought the domain name or that you first held yourself out let's say I, I made up an email address with the, the name of the mark or made a, a brochure or, or posted a, a Facebook ad or a, or an Instagram ad, just held out that mark to the world uh, as being mine. And maybe the product wasn't yet done, but that's when I first used it. Now, the second date is extremely important as well. And that's the date that you first use the mark in commerce. So that's the date that you actually have the good or service out in the marketplace. So for example, the date that I had it out on the app store and I had at least one user download it. Now, interstate commerce is important. So to have use in commerce, generally, you have to involve um, an out-of-state consumer. So to be conservative, I highly recommend that you use the date that an out-of-state resident downloaded your mobile application. So um, that's if you're being conservative. That's what I recommend. Now, I'm going to go ahead. I... Let's just see, I started it in January of six. And then let's say that the first uh, the date of release was October 5, 2020. And that's the date that I also had an out-of-state consumer download and purchase my mobile application. All right. Once I click assigned filing basis, it's going to actually show up next to, when I scroll down, it's going to show up or scroll up. It's going to show up next to class nine. Again, this is a description of goods and services. And here you go, filing basis, assigned filing basis. This right here, the fact that it says assigned filing basis and you can click on it, that's how you know that you did it correctly and that it's it's that you actually have a filing basis assigned. So once um, – oh, and by the way, if you need to update it, all you have to do is actually click it, and it took me back to that page. So, again, I'm going to go ahead and click continue. Like I said before, filing basis has been assigned. We're good to go. So I'm going to click continue, um, and now we're going to input our – correspondence information for uh, like docket numbers. So here we go. So I'm going to go ahead and put in a uh, docket number. So I, I encourage you guys to use docket numbers because it's a really good way to keep track of your applications, not required. But if you have a lot of trademark applications that you're filing, it's a really good idea to keep uh, keep organized and use docket numbers. Now, if you guys have a teammates, people that are also involved in your organization or uh, friends or co-developers or whatever it may be, anyone that's on your team that you also want to receive correspondence, it's a really good idea to add them and put them in here. So any correspondence that I get, I'm going to add Victoria's email so that she'll also get it. Now, I don't want to miss any deadlines. So if I have my teammates... Um, like Victoria on here, I I know I'm never going to miss a deadline. She's going to get the email as well. We'll talk about it. We'll calendar it. We'll make sure that we satisfy the deadline. Now, just so you guys know, most deadlines are six months. Again, it sounds like a long time, but if you miss the email or if you don't calendar it six months will go pretty quick and you uh, could risk abandoning your trademark application. So again, you can input up to four email addresses. They remind you of that here. If you have additional email addresses, just add a semicolon followed by their emails. So I'm going to go and click continue. Now we're going to get to the part where we actually sign the application. So the signature involves four important bits. Um, um, basically, there's four checkboxes that you have to sign. So the first checkbox, this one trips up a lot of people. This first checkbox is just restating the filing basis. So the filing basis is Section 1A. Now it confuses people because down below. It also talks about section 1B filings, but I remind you, there's an or here. So it's either 1A or 1B. So obviously in this case, we're filing under section 1A. So the top part is what applies to us. Now there's text in here. Um, it's a really good idea for you guys to read every single word because you want to understand what you're declaring, but essentially it's broken down below. So the first, the second checkbox is saying that you believe that you have a right to use the mark in commerce. In other words, there isn't some other similar sounding name like Wheel Bounds with an S that's also creating video editing software tools that are downloadable. Right. So assuming there's no similar mark on the marketplace for the same good or service, then you can confidently check that box. This third checkbox is saying that there's factual support. So basically the facts that we provide, for example, the specimen, those are true and correct. The fourth checkbox is saying that we understand we're signing under penalty of perjury. So any false statements could subject us to fine or imprisonment. So once we check these four boxes, we are good to go. Now all we have to do is sign the application. Signing is really easy. All you do is put your name within slashes. They make it super simple. Just forward slash your name, closing forward slash. A lot of people actually call me about this because they can't seem to get past it, but you just have to put your name within slashes and the system will accept it. When you click on date signed, it auto auto populates the date for you. And then you're just going to want to input your name and your position. So again, I'm going to go ahead and call myself the owner. Some people like to put trademark holder or just holder or owner slash holder. It's whatever you want. Phone number is optional. I'm going to, again, I'm going to keep my phone number out of the public record. So I'm going to go ahead and click validate. Now, once I click validate, it's going to remind me, "Hey, your phone number is missing." It's okay; it doesn't matter. They have my email. Now, this is the very last page before you submit. The first uh, input button is going to actually take you to the application, so you can see what it is you filled out. You can confirm all the information is correct. Again, this is our our, our uh, app name. Again, I want to remind you guys that we're not claiming style, font, or color as a feature of the mark. So I know I mentioned that earlier about title case, all lowercase, all all. Uh, all uppercase doesn't, doesn't matter. Again, this is the owner. Make sure that your your name is spelled correctly, the owner's information is correct. Um, again, this is the correspondence email email, really, really important in order for you to keep track of your application. Um, now again, this is our description of goods and services that we got to input because we did the TS standard. So again, really um, I think it's always a good idea just to the TS standard, full full flexibility on your description of goods and services. So Good idea to do that. And again, the filing basis basis is section 1A. So we're filing under actual use, not intent to use. And then these are our two really important dates. The first is the first date of use anywhere. That's the first date that we put our page on, on online or have bought our email address and started sending people emails with it. The date of use in commerce, however, is the date that we actually have the good out on the marketplace and we have our word mark associated with the goods. Um, to the end consumer. So in this case, it'd be the date that we release the mobile application to the app store, and we have at least one download from out of state. So an out of state consumer downloads and purchases the mobile application. So that would be the date of first use in commerce. Again, I picked 10-5-2020. And again, again, this is the specimen file, and this is a description. Now remember, for the description of the specimen, it is very important that you include the URL and the date that you access the URL; those are two very, very, very important items. If you do not provide those two, your specimen will be refused, and you'll have to resubmit and reprovide the date of access and the URL. Remember, that's a new rule imposed around February of this year, so it's relatively new, and some people are still getting refusals for web pages. Now, um, this is the correspondence email again. I highly encourage you guys to have your teammates on here. Um, that way, nothing sl- slips through the cracks, and you make sure that. Um, Everybody's on, on notice and you guys can talk about it, calendar dates accordingly. Now, again, the T standard is 275 per class. So I mentioned before, but let's say you also want to sell merch. You can, but merch, like clothing, is going to be under class 25. So you have to submit two classes of goods and services. So 275 times two. So, so uh, what is that, 550 So it would be $550 uh, for the filing fees. So keep that in mind. Now, for the signatory, again, I, I just signed, put my name within slashes, and um, everything looks good, so I'm going to go ahead and click back. Now, we're almost done, uh, but I just want to point out one quick thing. If you had found a mistake in your application, super simple, all you do is click go back to modify. You can literally step back through every part of the application, and it's really cool because it actually saves all your information. So when you go forwards, you can go backwards and forwards uh, with ease without having to worry about having to re-input all the information. So Again, they make it really, uh, really simple for you to fix any any issues. Now, the other thing that I want to point out before I submit this application, you can actually download, um, save, save the application. So you just click save form. And what that does is it actually prompts a download of a .obj file. That .obj file you can use in the future to automatically upload the session of your application. So you don't have to re-input all the information. Let's say that I wanted to talk to Victoria a little more about my actual mark or the description of the mark. So I didn't want to file right now. All I do is click save form. I talk to her and then tomorrow, when I get to the application at the very beginning, it asks me, do you want to upload a file? So you can go ahead and upload the .obj file and it'll restore your entire session. So you don't have to re-input everything all over again. You can go directly to the part that you want to update, update that and then step through and get back to this screen pretty quickly. Um, before you can submit, you have to check three very important boxes, um, or just one box, sorry, but that covers three important p- important points. Again, highly encourage you if you're doing this on your own, read everything. You will at least, at, at worst, you'll learn something. Um, at best, you, you know, you'll realize that there's maybe something that you didn't know that, that you really, really should have known before. So the first thing to point out is that you have to note that there are no refunds. So The reason why I point that out is because let's say that it was actually wheel bounds with an S I misspelled the actual word mark out of luck. You can't change that. You have to submit a whole new trademark application. So it's another 275. So painful mistake. Don't make it. Make sure that the application and the word mark or the logo is the actual logo that you actually want to submit to the trademark office. Otherwise you're going to be running into issues um, where you're going to have to refile, abandon this application 275. It's a lot of money. So just keep that in mind. Now, other thing I wanted to point out that um, the um, application is going to be public. So you have no right to confidentiality. So everything that you put in this application is going to be public record. The one exception would be the domicile checkbox. <clears throat> so if you had unchecked the domicile checkbox and put in your home address, I had a peel box up top, the home address is theoretically not going to be public. So just keep that in mind. The very last point because everything's public, unfortunately, there are companies that actually mine the trademark office database and look. For new applicants. And so whenever they see a new applicant, they send them a letter, a scam letter, trying to scam them out of money, demanding that they pay some money for that application to publish. It's all bogus. It's all nonsense. It's just a shakedown operation. If you click this link here, it actually takes you to a page that has a lot of sample misleading notices. So you can actually scroll down, uh, see a bunch of examples, see what they look like. They all look very official, very legit, but they're all fake. Um, There's no point in time where you'll have to mail a check into the Trademark Office because all the payments they take are digital and online through the Trademark system. So that's the first big tell. But if you're unsure, just Google misleading notices. Just Google misleading, USPTO misleading notices. You'll find this page. It'll be the first hit. When you click on, you can actually just do a search. So look at who sent you the letter. And I'm like 99% sure you're going to probably find a sample letter that looks just like the scam letter you got on this page because they do a really good job of keeping track of all these letters. So, um, application looks good. Um, look out for that piece of junk mail. But I'm going to go ahead and click submit. I'm pretty happy with the application. Looks good. So all I do then is click pay submit. So once I click pay submit, it takes me to the payment page. So once I get here, this is the part where I can actually go ahead and make a payment. Now again, it's going to be two seventy five because we did the T S standard. When I click credit card, uh, it's going to bring a drop-down, I can input my credit card information in here and my address. Now, all I do is click submit payment. Once I click submit payment, it's going to give me the option to download the application. That's called the filing receipt. It has two important points. Not only does it have the entire application that I submitted, it also has the filing date and it has a serial number. A serial number is very useful because the serial number allows you to keep track of the entire application. So throughout the entire process and then even after post post registration, even when you're done with the entire trademarking process, you can still keep track of your application. Now, that's important for paying maintenance fees. So again, keep that serial number handy. And like I said, I like to use docket numbers and associate docket numbers with serial numbers um, just so that we stay organized and on top of everything. We have hundreds of cases. so it's really, really important that we keep track of all our applications. So um, by the way, uh, let's say you didn't get a chance to download the their filing receipt, not a problem. You're going to get an email to your email address, the primary and the secondaries. Um, and that email address is going to have the same information that you would have been able to download. So it's going to have, it's going to be the filing receipt basically. So it's going to have a filing date and it's going to have your serial number. And again, that serial number you can use to keep track of your application throughout the entire process. So it's very handy. Um, so anyways, this is episode 71. I hope you guys found this very helpful. Uh, highly encourage you guys, protect your trademark, trademark your mobile app names um, and then tomorrow we'll, I'll show you guys how to do it for your icons and logos a uh, really good idea it's two seventy five. again we'd be happy to help you um, but if you guys want to try and do it do it yourself this video I hope this show will show you guys and give you guys confidence to be able to do that so before we go I just want to remind you guys if you guys have questions just send them to Victoria at Victoria at um, just shoot her just shoot her an email Send her your IP question. We'll try to get it answered on the show. If you're entrepreneurs, business owners, um, or in a small, medium size, whatever, if you guys want to talk about business, be on the show, just send her an email. I'd love to have you on. And really quick, I also wanted to remind you guys, we also have a uh, community number. So please shoot a text to me at 415-943-5193. I'd love to have you on my texting community. Shoot me a text, send me questions. You'll have direct access to me. And if you have a question, Text it to me and I'll try to get it answered on the show. So again, this is episode 71. We're going strong. You guys answers to IP questions. Looking forward to creating more awesome content for you and looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow morning for episode 72. Thank you so much and have an awesome, awesome day.